I'm Parson Michael Maui, and this is Dharma Talks from Sacred Ground. Reflections and meditations brought to you from the Sacred Ground Community Church and Sangha. Today's Dharma Talk was originally shared on February 28, 2021. In Thich Nhat Hanh's reading today from Living Buddha, Living Christ, he spoke of our ability to touch the ultimate dimension. And he said, we only pretend to be born and pretend to die. Saying that even on the day of our death, uh, we continue. And he spoke of how we can see that with the ancestors. If you touch your hair, your face, your hands, if you look deeply, you can see the presence of the ancestors. I reread that knowing that Ollie was going to be sharing that today. I, 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 I read that entry this morning, and then I'm looking at my hands, and I'm now in my late 50s, <clears throat> and starting to get some age spots on my hand, my hands. And I can remember my grandma Cassoni, my mom's mom, and I remember seeing those spots on her hands and on her face, asking her about those. Um, this woman who was born in... Lastomir, Slovakia in 1892. And so I appreciate that idea that even though we had a funeral and in some ways Grandma Cassoni died in 1978, she is very much alive. Continuing. Sometimes, Ollie and I have been doing this melding of um, Buddhism, Christianity, Earth-Centered Spirituality for decades now. And occasionally I'll, I don't like to debate or argue, but, um, or, or maybe I do, but I try not to. <laughs> um, but um, sometimes people question me, you know, why not just focus on Buddhism? Or why not just focus on Christianity? And for me, um, there's, there's something more complete that happens when I bring these traditions together. Um, and that's not to imply that anyone else needs to do that. I think people can proceed very well along their spiritual paths with just Buddhism or just Christianity or only um, earth-centered spirituality. But for me, that melding has an additive effect. And maybe if we want to even talk in terms of when you put two different things together, sometimes you get a, a super additive effect where one plus one equals something more than two. Um, so that's my experience. And 
one of the ways I, I, I felt I feel that is um, is with the reading today. There's something going on with me personally. I, I was in seminary from 2014 to 2017. We started this church in an earlier form in 2009, but I'm seeing something happening with me with these Bible readings. Um, you know, some folks might, you know, they hear that word sin or they even hear the word God or righteousness and they get, you know, that's a, that's a non-starter and that's fine. That's fine if that's, you know, where you're at. But for me right now, I'm starting to look at these stories and just sort of appreciate the richness. This Ezekiel today, the prophet Ezekiel is talking about, or, or the Lord speaking through Ezekiel, about this dynamism of living and dying, which seems to me to have some overlap with what Thich Nhat Hanh speaks of. And then I started thinking, oh, Ezekiel, well that... Chapter 18 that I read today is not so well known, but chapter 37 of Ezekiel, for those of you who've read the Bible or, you know, have memories of church uh, from, you know, previous days, Ezekiel's the one who tells about the dry bones and adding sinew and muscle and skin and the bones coming back to life. And so, and, and we don't know if, if, if there's this one guy, this prophet Ezekiel who wrote everything or if others added things in later. We, we don't get to know that. But regardless, there's this changefulness. You know, the person can be righteous, they could be doing the right things, and then they could shift away from it and go into a kind of dying. And... Someone else could be kind of messing up, but then they can shift into right ways. And yes, as I shared earlier with my grandmother, we are connected to the ancestors, but we are also simultaneously our own people. So that, you know, the mistakes that our parents, grandparents, ancestors made, we can go a different path. All of that is in Ezekiel 18. It's, it's lovely to me. And... Um, This idea of living and dying and circling around, this is part of what I love about the Judeo-Christian tradition. Uh, last time we met, a couple of weeks ago, I read from Luke 15, and Jesus shared the story of the prodigal son. Well, what does the father say about this younger son who had, who'd kind of went off and was messing up and comes back? He says, my son was dead. And now he's alive. So this story of the bones, this story of, of oh, person could be dead and now they're coming back to life that we're reading of in, in Ezekiel. This is, you know, this is the soup. This is the soup that Jesus was swimming in. Mixing metaphors there. But... It's the soup he was drinking. <laughs> it's, it's, in my mind, a non-linear theology. 
I have a lot of critiques of various churches, etc., etc. One thing I love is the liturgical year. That we have an Advent season, that Jesus is born again. That we have a Lenten season, and Easter comes once more. Just as the seasons change. And, and, and even, even God itself. I was reading, I was reading this week in, um, in Jonah, at the end of chapter 3. Um, we know the story of Jonah and the whale, right? Jonah's inside the whale. That's the story we think about. Well, after he's spat out, he goes to Nineveh, and he tells these people, like, God's upset, you're in trouble. And the people change. And then the end of chapter 3 of Jonah says, God had this big punishment plan. God changes his mind. There's a dynamism here. There's an ever-changing element here. And we have that aliveness, as Thich Nhat Hanh says, when we're mindful, when we're present, when we're awake, then the kingdom of God is here. Then nirvana is here. Of course, it's always here, but so often we're not awake to it. So there's this this changing element, and, and I, I think that's awesome. And another thing that the Judeo-Christian tradition gives me strongly, um, you know, Buddhism, there's a lot of turning inward, mindfulness, meditation, but where do they talk about, or where does the Lord, through Ezekiel, talk about being alive I'll go back and share again with you. And you know, this is, Ezekiel, we're pretty sure, was around 600 BC, so about 2,600 years ago, living in exile. So he's in exile. He's seen a lot die, but a lot of what he speaks of is things coming back to life. And he also speaks of, you know, where is the righteous? Where is the one who is alive? And you know, some of this is not, we don't understand it or it's not relevant today, but some things make some sense. Does not defile his neighbor's wife. Does not oppress anyone. Oppression is one of the hot, hot topics that we're dealing with in America right now. If we want aliveness, if we want non-death in ourselves, we have to move away from oppression. Gives his bread to the hungry. Covers the naked with a garment. Again, this is a lovely aspect of the Judeo-Christian tradition that um, Ty says it. I, let's see if I can find it here. He says, we enter a spiritual practice seeking relief in the historical dimension. And then we ultimately end up in the ultimate dimension. So this is it, right? It's not just this inward stuff. It is mindfulness, but it's also the caring for others. The feeding of the hungry. That's part of being alive. That's part of not being dead. 
And this does not take advanced or accrued interest. Those of us who have mortgages, take a look at that accrued interest, especially at the, in the beginning years. What the Bible is telling us is the way we're doing it, it's evil. That's an incredible challenge. And there's death in it. It's not about life. That's an incredible challenge. This living and dying and this sense of dynamism, this continually changing circle with the seasons, with the liturgical year, I felt it a few days ago. I was just in this space. There was no humor in me. There was no playfulness. I was as if dead on that day. And there's so many different levels or ways that this death and life manifest within us. I was thinking of, we're approaching 14 years that my sister died. My sister died around 14 years ago of cancer. And I'm 14 years younger than my sister. So I'm on the cusp of breathing in and breathing out more breaths than she did in this form. And after my sister died, I remember going to the coffee shop, going to the grocery store, and thinking, and maybe some of you have had similar experiences. And you walk in and there's the people at the table still laughing and joking. There's people still just picking out their produce. And even though those people don't know me, or perhaps the ones who do know me don't know that my sister has recently died, they don't they're not experiencing the death that I am. Because in that mourning period, there's something in us dying. And I would be like irritated or maybe even angry. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But just like you, I'm continually going through my living and my dying. And maybe it's happening at different levels. Some part of me is just coming to life and another part of me is dying.
And so I was thinking this is another way of trying to touch that ultimate dimension. Certainly mindfulness and presence. Certainly clothing those who are naked, feeding the hungry. That's all part of it. But another part is inviting us When we look at someone else, when we talk to someone else, when we have any interaction, whether it's with a cashier or a good friend, know that there are things dying within them and there are things coming to life within them. And there's a reason why they have the liturgical year. Because guess what? We're going through the Lenten season into Easter. We'll do it again next year. Because just like that changefulness of God or the changefulness of people, we are ever-changing. And some of those changes are for the better. Some are not. And there's all different meanings to those deaths and all different meanings to those coming to life, ways that we come to life. And so I want to invite myself, and of course I'm inviting you, if, if it's appropriate, to... One thing. In Ezekiel, chapter 18 here, the Lord speaks of, he does not lift up his eyes to the idols. And you might think of some carved idol or something, golden calf. But What are the idols of today? Well, some of them I think are wealth and fame. And maybe a great idol that I sometimes end up worshiping is that it's all about me. And so, yeah, it's important for me to try to be alive and to recognize the deaths and recognize what the causes of those dyings are, but also to not be so quick to judgment or reaction. To others because there may be some dying that's happening within them I think if we do that we're getting a little closer toward st. Francis and that almond tree 
trying to see what's not so easy to see. Inviting ourselves to And of course the breath, Ollie had that lovely invitation with the breath earlier. Inviting ourselves to touch that ultimate dimension. I'm Parson Michael Malley, and you've been listening to Dharma Talks from Sacred Ground.